Bam, there we are. All right. I don't know why I just did that, but welcome everyone. It is Sunday, Sunday night teacher talk. Uh, and what we're trying to do here is help one another, right? This isn't just a one man show. Uh, help one another to be the teachers that we are called to be. And so we do that on Sunday nights where it is the sometimes the scariest night of the week for teachers, right? It's, uh, you know, you know, you got to go in. You, you remember what you did last Friday. You never remember what went, what happened, what maybe went wrong. And now how are we going to handle that on Monday? Um, and one, like, like I, I like saying a word that I got wife um i don't know i don't that's not necessarily like a church thing but like it's a word that you got from someone i was listening to this guy jesse owens this morning a podcast that i really like is the social proof podcast and so this guy jesse owens on jesse owens is talking about how he went to a, a bob proctor event um so entrepreneur bob proctor and bob proctor suggested every morning when you get up think of three people that irritate your soul and just send him love. And Jesse Owens was talking about how even his income increased exponentially because he wasn't carrying all that around. He was actively fighting that fire with something loving. And so that would be uh, that's what I'm thinking about this morning or, or this afternoon or whatever this Sunday is who irritates my soul. And then can I just send them love? Every day and whatever that looks like for you, maybe you say a kind word, maybe you say for, you forgive them, maybe you just pic you picture, you know, the Care Bear stare happening out of your chest <laughs> and you that's are shooting love at them. That's a really great visual, actually, yeah. like especially if it's that's there's, a difficult there's thing about to seven do. seven people that understand what the Care Bear stare is, too. I think, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Google it. People yeah. Google it. All right. Let's uh, jump into questions. Let's are you do ready? It. All right. Mallory is up first. Is oh, the dog whining? He is. He's whining. I got to go open the door for him. OK. Mallory, don't even get into our dog. He's a whole conversation. I stopped. I pulled it back. Okay. Mallory, she is asking, this will be my first holiday as a new mom. Yay. What are some of your and Jen's favorite holiday traditions, memories you made with your own kids? Would love some ideas on making it special for my son. Mallory, I think one, before I say like what it is, it's remembering that um, in in years to come, you will want to make sure that you have video and pictures more than you could possibly imagine. You, It doesn't get old. When you go down the rabbit hole of when your kids are 13 and 15 and you're going, oh, oh, look at, oh. Oh, you could sit there for hours, yeah, right? You're, well, nobody, the, what people couldn't hear that are just listening to that was to see your fingers swiping as yeah. you were mimicking, uh, like moving yeah, up the computer. Yeah, I wasn't just making a weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Uh, all right, moving um, on. Um, yeah, it is. I will say I agree. But the hard part about that, I think, for moms is you also just feel like you want to live in the moment, right? Like while that's happening. Yeah. And so it's hard to remember to take the videos and the pictures, but I urge you that that is one thing that you'll never regret really yeah. though, because it is true when you're back and going down the rabbit hole and your kids are older, man, I wish I just would have had more. Like you just can't I'm gonna give a piece of advice around that. Oh, okay. One, Get set a up a tripod. <laughs> How many Christmases did this I record tip. all my kids opening all their gifts and I'm going, I'm watching them through the phone. I'm not even watching them in real life. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? That's why I say that's hard. Another trick. If you're taking pictures with your kids, especially if a child has is on the high functioning autism spectrum, right? Can never look at the camera at the same time as everybody else. <laughs> here's what you do. This works in class too. And all the, all the squirrel brains, everyone's all over play squirrel. Um, you take a video then play it back, pause it, just scrub through it and screenshot your picture. And people always ask, how do you get your family is always like even the dog and cat are looking at the camera because we took a video and screenshotted it. So um, what are your what are your favorite traditions, wife? Oh, man, I was just trying to think of that. Um, I know some of your favorite traditions. I don't know. Spit them out for me. I forget. I have such a you like, love memory. dying Easter eggs. I do you love Halloween. Our house mm -hmm. is on point it's for one Halloween of my favorite all the homes. time. Um, you love making birthdays special, but by doing little stuff. So for years, our kids had to like, they have to break out of the room. There's like cray paper going across the room or balloons. Or one year we filled Marley's room up with like, what, five or 600 balloons or something yeah. like that. Um, 
it's it's these little add-ons, right? Uh, what Walt Disney would call plussing the experience. Um, we love handing out candy for Halloween, not just going trick-or-treating, but I have been trick-or-treating every year with my kids, like like boots on the ground, trick-or-treating. And they have not gotten tired of me. They don't like they don't say like, Dad, can you please just not come with us? It's like it's not a thing. Steph Shook um, made a really good point in the comments. She said, as long as mom isn't the only one holding camera, the camera, which is so true or the phone, because yeah. I, I will say that I wish I would have gotten more pictures. Um, that's a mom tip for you. Mallory is man. Don't wait for like you to lose the weight, to not color the hair, to do whatever it is as you put your eyebrows on, become older as a mom. Like, oh, yeah, all the different things. Thanks for putting that one out there for me. I wasn't saying See, yeah. I, I was just that. saying that I thought this was common. <laughs> Anyway, um, Steph shook at our house. Uh, yeah, mom, pictures. Mom's never the one taking the pictures. You know why? Because mom can't find her phone. That's not true. I do find I'm always taking the pictures. I I agree with that one, Steph, because I'm I'm not in a lot of pictures. Um, I'll say not only handing out candy. Here's another here's another not so secret wife thing. You make like an event out of handing out candy. So when everyone ends up at our house at the end of the night, there's like hot cocoa with like little thing of marshmallows with spiders in it and stuff, which is probably a choking hazard. And like well, you're not whipped to cream it's and just like the white against black. It's pretty. But you make like a whole like hot cocoa bar for all the kids when they're done trick or treating. And like, I do. I like make, to do like, the whole special thing. Events out but of that's everything. me, right? That's unique to me. Yeah. I am that person. That's that's who I am. I really enjoy going above and beyond for all those little things. So yeah. I think find out what your thing is with your kids, like, and just do more of that. And I think, yeah. man, go slow, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, and facts. enjoy it. That's really the best that I can. That's a I great give. kickoff question. I know that was a fun one. I love talking about kids. And family stuff. Okay, let's. Are you ready for our next? I'm ready. All right. It's a, hold on. I gotta find it. Okay. It, coming from Kim asking a group of 10th grade boys likes to eat lunch in my room. They need to move their bodies to burn off energy, but the school won't let them go outside. Oh, this is continued. Yep. Ideas for physically active games, activities during lunch that won't destroy my classroom. Oh, I'll tell you what. Couple of, I know what you're going to say, and I love it. What am I going to say? You're going to say minute to win, win minute it games? Minute to win it games. They're so the best. simple. They're so simple. So you go on. This um, is a good birthday party trick hack, too, for moms. Like, if you need games for birthday parties, yeah. man, minute to win it are clutch. So minute to win it. I think it was, I don't know if it was something else. First thing is, there we go. Um, was it a, I feel like maybe it was a game first, or I don't no, know. No, I think. Was it a show first? It was a sh I don't know what so came first, but there was it, a show. But you could just Google look it. Look it up on YouTube minute to win it and then the games are all games that you can play with things that are in your house so like solo cups ping pong balls because you know everyone's got some ping pong balls sitting around um pretzel sticks like regular stuff that you might have in your house or that wouldn't be hard to find everything you can get from the dollar Straws, store napkins yeah. it's all really kayla and i did it all the time last year and we would do it for like end of the week like we took the vocab quiz we were mm. done for the week we it's had right, like yeah. that two longest minutes of your life at the end of class and just bust out some minute to win it and um sometimes you can like have a leaderboard and like kids play throughout the week if you can get your work done and then it's friday it's like a championship uh that's that was a good one for us um all right john lopez is up next and oh, man. he is asking one why is my computer not there we go Oh, when it's like delayed. Um, okay. John Lopez is asking a question for Myesha, who's probably at work today. So hi, Myesha. We're from She's at the old Office Depot. Office Depot. I uh, hope your day's gone great. Okay. Asking, how does one have school spirit when there is none at the site? Um, so one of the let me just say this for Myesha. Um Oh, she happy works. birthday. She had a birthday. Yay, happy birthday, Maisha. All right. Maybe that gift that we sent her was magically <laughs> showed up sometime near her birthday we bought two months ago. I really appreciate when Maisha <laughs> says when she works for Office Depot on the weekends and I told her that I did brand I do brand deals with staples and she's like, mm, mm. that's it. She just <laughs> makes like a noise every time. Mm. I know. And I'm like, well, tell Office Depot to call me then. I'll I'll, you know, she's the sweetest. Talk. I think there's a couple of things here, Lopez. And I think when you are lacking school spirit, it is about how can you control you, right? I think that laughter and happiness is contagious. And so I will say that 
Can I say her name? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Should I talk about Marley? Oh, you I'm going to talk about Marley real quick. Marley, our She'll daughter, if you... is incredibly kind. She is incredibly nice. She says hello to everyone, goodbye to everyone. She's a really, really sweet kid. She's so sweet that today she wouldn't even butt through like a line of people so she could get to me to like give me something that I needed to like hand off and pay at the register for. Yeah. She like walked all the way around and it, even someone, the person behind us in line noted and was like, why didn't she come through? And I go... That's just not what she's, she'll do. She just will go out of her way to like too. inconvenience or be rude. So Mara's friends will often tell her, Yo, you're too nice. You're too nice. And <laughs> our response to that when she was like, well, I don't even know what to say with that. I'm like, yo, one of my mentors, Patch Adams, says that being happy in public is one of the most revolutionary acts that you can have, right? And if you think about how easy it is to be angry, to be miserable, and you might be in the right, right? You might be going through something, school might be happening a certain way, and you're like, no, I don't even want them to have my happiness. Uh, I felt like this last year in school. I did not want, I wanted them to know that I was not happy. So what would happen is mm-hmm. when I would go in my classroom, I here's, here's the thing, I forgot who I was there to, to serve. And so it's showing up and it is exuding joy. And even if that's after you close your classroom door, right? Or right in front of your door, right? And and so it is showing up and giving what you've got and trying to build that momentum and just do it with a small group of people that you like, right? Like you don't have to do it with everybody. You don't have to do it with the people that aggravate you, that bring the school down, that are hard to be around. It's literally trying to do those silly things. So one, we used to, we had a whole lot of like, non-educational moments last year where music Wednesdays got to the point where we were doing like vocab. So we would do vocab vocab on Wednesdays was uh, take out your note cards, right? Everyone's holding a note card and you have to hold it up when it matches with the song or the title or the video. Something in that is connecting to your, your vocab word. But it would get to a point where like some of the songs the kids knew. So we would do like a Disney week and it would be all Disney themed songs. And Miss C and I would have like the bubble machine going. I had this party light that Brody bought me for Christmas from five below. You just plug it into your USB and it starts like shooting lights all over the place. Had the lights off in the classroom. So it was like full tilt party. And some of the days I would do that, I didn't feel like doing it. I just didn't. I didn't want to. But I know that that stuff affects me. It affects others. And no, I just want to reinforce the idea that no one steals my joy. So that's that's some of the like silly stuff. It's like, look for the kids that need it also. Right. That are that are missing out on your joy because you're feeling a certain way. That's how I would roll. Okay. um, up next is John Fox. He is asking. I have a call with John Fox tomorrow. Yay, lucky. I missed it last Monday. I know. I'm sorry, John. (laughs) I'm blaming my wife. Um, Have you ever helped? (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. Have you ever helped a student or friend overcome their habit of procrastination? Bless CJ. He's trying, John, because that would be me. Um, (laughs) What was your method for helping them? Or what would be your approach to helping someone in that situation? I, you know, for me, there's a lot of different ways to do this. For me, John, it's doing it with humor. It's laughing at what is happening. Um, it, it, to me, it's like, it, it's, you know, tongue in cheek. Um, and this is the kind of relationship I have a lot of my friends. It's like, so our friends, uh, our friends, Kim and Bryce, are late for everything we just already know so they're like all right yo we're coming over for dinner we'll be there at six i'm like all right so uh seven we'll see you at seven then like no 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 no. we're really going to be on time i'm like all right so we're going to start kick- cooking at like 6 30 so when you get here at seven we can all eat um and so that's what would happen or guess what if we got to a point and we were like listen we're eating at six because we're starving literally starving I feel my stomach is eating itself <laughs> and we would just eat at six and then y'all would be late for dinner and then you'd have to eat while we were sitting there. And I think that that's, that can be okay. Also, we do this with our son where our son goes, he's in the middle of a game. That's simple situation for eating dinner, but that's not a simple situation or like 
that's not how you can solve the problem when it's someone that you have to work with. Right. Like it like in a school or something of that nature. Procrastination is hard. I'm a wild procrastinator and uh, it's not a trait that I love. Um, And it is one that I'm working on and one that affects our business and everything I do, um, which then affects like our working relationship. And that's difficult. Right. Yeah. So I think, John, it's about encouraging the person to know who they are as a person. I know for myself, because I took that little disc assessment test that we always talk about and I love, and it was probably one of the most informative things that I took about myself. Anyway, I learned a lot. So one of the interesting facts that I learned in there is that I work best under pressure, which is why I like to procrastinate, which is why I kind of work on, I just don't work well until I'm that squeeze and that pressure and that deadline, my productivity like shoots through the roof. And I am the person sure that's knows. like, here's what we need to do to execute. Blah, 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 and I can do it. So it's like knowing how to work with the person that you're working with. So if that's how they work, well, you can really utilize their procrastination to benefit you. But if it's not benefiting you and it's hurting things, I think it's just holding a, a gentle mirror up and showing them, but then maybe giving some tips and tricks to work. But a lot of the things that out there are just difficult and don't work for me because I've recognized like the traditional tips and tricks when you look at them up. I'm like, no, they they never work for me because it's I like the pressure and the squeeze. And I think that that's why I continue to like procrastinate because I work better in that. But that's me to figure out, well, how how can I take that and use it as my strength and a superpower and turn it around? Yeah. I think that's kind of going to be your best angle with working with someone with procrastination. The That's other, my tip. I so there are things you can procrastinate on that only benefit that only affect you. I think the thing that you want to be mindful of, though, to wife is that you when you procrastinate and it pushes someone else off. Right. That's the part right? I don't like. And so that's what I'm trying that, to fix. It's having that real conversation mm-hmm. of like, look, your decisions like you're bleeding on me now. Right. right? You want to bleed on yourself. That's up to you. Like, if you don't want to fix it, that's on you when it bleeds on me then we have an issue. So it's, and people treat us the way that we teach them to treat us. We say this all the time. And so it's, it's focusing on that. It's having that real, real conversation. Um, and, and oh. yeah, so I think it could be a mixture. Of so those. I'm going to read this cause it's in the comments and the people who are listening can't always read the comments. Um, the dysregulated educator, uh, I love this said, was speaking to John saying procrastination could be the product of lack of executive functioning skills and could be an offshoot of ADHD. There are some great books out there on executive functioning. And I appreciate you even saying that because I'm like aware that my own sex, like that's an issue that's impacted for me. But I think going at it with the person that struggles with the procrastination in that it's like you have to inform them. They also said something really great. They said, quote unquote, tips against procrastination is usually just don't be lazy, which is really unhelpful, which is spot on to like why none of them are ever successful for me. I I like that. I turned this all about me. Sorry, John. But anyway, I hope that helps to like. I mean, really, Sunday Night Teacher Talk was scratching our own niche when we started it anyway. (laughs) Right. Um, Can you ask the next question? Then would you mind grabbing my water from the counter? I forgot it. Oh, certainly. Because I don't otherwise I got to step over mega dog over here. So I hope that that was was helpful. I don't know what my next one is because I was talking. See what happens. One of seven. Okay, found it. All right, Alex is asking any intention of doing something similar to your one mile run challenge again. Oh, Alex. Yes, that's a great question. I have thought about it. Um, I've thought of there's a couple of things I've thought about doing. Uh, a few years ago, I tried to sign up for a triathlon. Um, the one I signed up for, though, the swim was in the ocean and I had practiced in a pool. And that is apparently not helpful, really, because swimming in the ocean is way more difficult than swimming in a pool. Um, <laughs> a cat cannot meow the whole time. Let her up there if you want. I don't know how to put Sorry, up. this is real life, everybody. The cat is her, her. The cat's window is blocked by a thing so we don't get beamed in the eyeball with the sun. Um, we really need know. to take a picture to show people this it's setup just, back here. It's like it's so setup. tiny. So the in that, um, I, I, I thought about doing like Andy Fasella. I think his name is Andy. And I know his last name is Fasella. 75 hard. Um, 
I thought about doing. So I don't know, man. Now you're making me think, Alex, I need to do something like that. Again, they're always so good for you. I, Again, oh my gosh. knowing yourself, CJ likes Yo, to beat himself up and <laughs> make things extra hard. I do. So I've been, I mean, one of those things I've been getting up at four now, um, 4 a.m. And that is wildly difficult. But I like that feeling of doing something difficult, like the running every day. I still can't believe I ran 403 days in a row. And I know some people have done way more than that. But like for me, bro, that was some, that was something special. Um, <laughs> he said, sorry, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. I'd love no, to yeah. know any ideas. If anyone has an idea of something to do for a year for a challenge, like it would, I'd love to hear it. I have no idea. All Save right. it in the comments and I'll go back and Something look at that it. keeps chewing on. All right, let's go next to Libby asking, my student teaching is over in four weeks. I've been, been with eighth graders for the semester and really struggled with the low maturity level. I've applied for high school and middle school positions. And okay, we're a two-parter. Hold on. I'm not sure where I would fit best. Always wanted to teach high school, but at the same time, I think I'm starting to love middle school. I don't know what to do as far as continuing continuing my job search. Libby, the, the, I think the thing with immaturity is we, I think we just forget, right? Like, I mean, I'm wondering if that was your deal. Like, you just forget. Like, I know I did. I didn't realize, like, how everything turns into a sex joke in ninth grade. Everything is like, or middle school. Like, what did Marley tell us? She said, she asked, she goes, oh, yeah. why are kids moaning at school? She goes, everything is like sex, sex moans. <laughs> she's just like, she said it stopped so since, but dumb. it's just so, kids are weird. Yeah. So my guys would say pause all the time. So if anything was even remote, they could be like, we're reading a book and they're like talking about how it was raining really hard outside. Someone would be like, pause. And it's like, bro, what? So stupid. So it is. There's a couple of things there, right? One is just knowing that kids are trying to figure out who they are. They say dumb stuff. They're trying to get attention. It's like kind of knowing a bit of that teenage mind and then just not sweating it so much. Um, the other thing is sometimes I just beat them to the punch and I'm like, all right, listen, we're going to read this word. And I know everyone's going <laughs> to lose their whole mind. So, like, let's just get it over with now. And then I'll say something and then they do it. And I'm like, all right, now when we read it, like, I don't want to hear it again and again and again. Um so it's just I, I think what happens is I think what really happens is as an educator, you start losing your mind a little bit and then you just stop caring. But um, or sometimes it's calling kids on their stuff and having a real conversation, especially if it goes too far one way or if it if we start bordering on like bullying or shaming someone or, or not being inclusive about uh, any particular thing. Those are those are real conversations. But uh some of it is just is just feeling that out. So I, I think, you know, Libby, the way I've talked about this before, but the way I picked the grade I needed to teach, which was ninth grade, which is maddening, right, um, is because I, I thought at what grade did I need this version of me the most? And so if you think about, you know, what, what I've what I've tried to become over over time is like. When you think about this idea of your inner child, right, which is like a totally real thing, you have this inner child, this person that absorbed the world, that things happen to or around, that is a lot of ways like how we view the world or or what someone will do something to trigger something in this in us because it's of something that happened when we were little. The man I've become in large part is someone that I wish I had had when I was younger. And so now it's using that tool, it's putting on that suit um, of who you've become and then being that for others and knowing that a lot of that immaturity is just like it's a it's a facade. It, it, it's it's kids trying to either try stuff out and not really sure how to do it or, or it's it is like a shield so they don't have to deal with real issues or really talk about stuff. It's how they get out of it. So, yeah, who did you need when you were younger? And then that's the grade that I would teach. And then. For all that other stuff, it's like, just know that they're young and silly. And I try to just laugh at it instead of like roll my eyes at it um, so that I'm not being becoming apathetic about that behavior, too. Um, the dysregulated, regulated educator also yeah. said she said giving giving 69 as an answer to a math problem is a current trend with our fifth graders or uh, that's what she said. <laughs> right. The 69 thing. You that's our in our own house. It is like a thing even it's Brody ridiculous and his best friend grace it's I know. like 
literally anything. Our game. We scored. We played a game, a board game yesterday, just the four of us together. And Marley's score was 69. And he Brody was like, he like ah. lost his whole mind. I'm like, do you <laughs> even like, know what real? you're laughing at? I don't think you do. They don't, but it's just so silly. Just I just laugh at them because they're silly. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Jacob Ingram is next asking, I usually have my sophomores collect and write letters back to 180 first graders at as Santa. This year, I have a third less sophomores than last year. Any tips to help make this project go simply and easy? Um, it's a really gosh, cute project. That's a really wonderful project. Uh, you could, I think, Jacob, I wonder if having like a, um, like a temp, like a writing template for certain kids say, or something we, like that. Can we have like a variety and that like 10 of them and then copy them all <laughs> like everyone like just yeah. you know like a template i guess so, is because the that's idea. gonna and some kids might just want to use like have like the creative piece to be able to do that but to, to write what they want but then other students might get stuck so i'm thinking i'm wondering if like having a template or um having maybe shorter messages with more festive cards might be a good thing wait what, what would you i feel like this is your jam like i'm not a good on the spot i'm good at thinking of it but I'll send you some ideas. Yeah, I don't know. Think of uh, something. I'm like, Jacob, when I send you your book, I'll send you some ideas in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't really know off this off the spot. Yeah, I think of having like a template or making it. I don't know. That's a lot less. Yeah. I'm curious what other people would do. This is a this is a job for Lopez. Maybe if you just reinvent like the idea, it can't be quite the same. So you have to just do something like tweak it a little different to make it a little easier for yourself. Like, yeah. Something in that vein. I can't think of anything now, but I got your email address. So, you know, maybe yeah. I'll find a surprise letter from cool. me. All right. Nora's up next asking, when I was hired, they told me there was a a salary schedule. Didn't negotiate the poverty wages. Just learned that they lied. Um, new teacher younger than me making 10000 more. Should I threaten to quit? Uh, no, this is a good question. It's a hard one to answer just like this, like without knowing some nuances of like yeah. skill set, like those sort of there's. Yeah, I don't know. This sort of thing happens often. I've seen it. Um, it had you. It had it happened to you last year, like your last year in the school, like they hired people that were wildly unfit and they made exponentially more than you did as an educator yeah. of someone 16, came in they were years. first year teaching in the u.s had taught two years in china made 20 grand more than yeah. i was making as and a it was 16 year like, teacher what like what no teaching credential was got emergency certificate it was like what are we talking about here if that was me i don't know that i'd threaten to quit first i would bring it up and I would say this, look, here's the deal, right? Like, this is what's going on. And I don't know how it works in private schools, but um, I, I think, well, you said private. I don't know. So in private schools, so if, depending on where folks are, if you're in a private or parochial school, I don't know that those salaries are public, but in a public school or in charter schools, which are basically public schools, are in many aspects anyway, they are, those salaries are public. So you can just look them up online and see what everyone made. Like, I don't know that they post them like new every year, but it, like you can see last year what everyone was making. So it's it's out there. It's not even like you have to go and ask anyone. I would say, hey, I think that they're, you know, I'm curious of what's going on here. There seems to be a pretty large discrepancy between where I am and where someone else is. Um, here's the monetary value that I saw. And I'm wondering what we can do to remedy this. And so first you're just putting it out, you're putting it on their plate, like, like instead of blaming, it becomes, even though, even though blaming might be the move or, or, you know, that like, you know, you're right. It's going to someone with curiosity because that's not going to put them on such a heart, like a high alert of defense. So it's, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. I'm curious what can be done. And then what, depending on what they come back with, it's knowing what you have to say. It's also knowing your worth, right? It's knowing what you need to make it's knowing what do you do to bring value to the school and then knowing and having that conversation having that raw that hard conversation and letting them know like okay 
so we're clear, you know, I don't know that I would go looking for other jobs first or, or like I'd probably look for other jobs first if you're thinking of switching like even mid-year and having something like locked in a little bit so you can say, look, because of this, I really I can't afford to work on this wage, especially if I know that like this, we're not going at this with a with an equity mindset. So I'm going to need to move somewhere else that's going to be able to 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 meet my financial needs for my family also, right? So what I'm also talking about always is this isn't just about me making more money. This is like when I left Camden, New Jersey, there, and look, I realize everyone's salaries are way, way different. The average home in New Jersey is, I think, $450, $450,000, I think right now. It's really, really up there. We're so, like close to California level yeah. of like expenses. So my East first school, they capped out at 50 grand. That was the most you could ever make at that school. It's like, what are you talking about? So I went to West Philly, worked in this very similar type of school, very similar type of students, very similar types of issues, but made a whole lot more money than I was making at the time in Camden. And so um, it's, and my move was, look, I need to be able to provide for my kids. I need to be able to like, they eat a lot of food. Christmas costs a lot of money. Like we have two cars because we both work. Like these are things that we need to have. So don't go in, don't go into it. Like, like you have power, you have choice, you can do something else. And and so for those, I realize some people teach like you're the only school around in the middle of like Nebraska. And that might be a little bit more difficult, but. I no. just think, yeah, I think don't districts awesome have money too. Like we forget, we hear so much that like, funding 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 but i'm not so sure that that's always the case here's a an interesting comment from steph shook she said real rap with reynolds we are getting teachers from overseas in january apparently the district is paying for housing their passports and training plus salaries and benefits but we have a teacher shortage like so i'm curious again it's going into things with curiosity sure i understand that steph i'm wondering if those folks are um if there's something there that is like if there's special funding for yeah, that, a, if there's special, benefit. yeah, like if the government is pouring this money into your schools to do this specific thing. So like when I speak places, sometimes um, I know there's a conversation around like this is great, but like, you know, like when speakers get paid for. Schools often look and say like, but yeah, but we have all these other needs. Like, why aren't we putting money into that? Because that money is not allocated for that. It's allocated for professional Ooh, I know, development. But then I get, I get aggravated on people who are, do we have honest and trustworthy people that are leading those schools that are, that are allocating those funds? And we know that that doesn't happen in all schools. Not all the time. No. Yeah. So we dealt it, with that in our district yeah. when the superintendent was hiring all his friends and family members and paying and like, them tons of money. Right. And so there's, like, it's always worth caught, And then he was into. like, all right, uh, peace. I'm out. Anyway, go ahead. I just think I just want to put that out there because yeah. that's that's a real that's put a reality in the out there in the educational system. I like that my two favorite fidgets are wine corks and Sharpies. I mean, as long as it's quiet. So. All right. Uh, Mr. Boland is up next asking, how do you connect with your partner during the week? We are both teachers and are exhausted on the weekdays. That's a great question. Um, I went to my best friend mm. in elementary school was Brian Boland. He had great toys. You know why? This is my theory. This is my theory when I was a kid. <laughs> Whenever my parents were talked about getting divorced, I would get really sad. But then I always would think, but Brian Boland has the best toys. <laughs> That's terrible. Him and Chris Heidler. They had the greatest stuff. I'm sure those toys don't, yeah. don't erase that I know. trauma. I just, yeah, yeah. But nine-year-old you was like, ah, you know, <laughs> two bedrooms. Better toys. Anyway, All right, keep nothing to do with talking about ADHD. I think what so I think one is putting things on the calendar. So it has to happen. I think it's like theme nights, um, right? It's like it's movie night tonight. Like and yeah. it can be just that simple. We sit down and watch a movie that we wanted to watch or a show or I don't know. It's I don't think it's always has to be like 
it depends on what you need, right? I think that's the clutch. It's like, what do you need from your partner to be the best you? And what does yeah. your partner need from you? And I think it's just, Man, it's discussing wait, say that. say that again. That is worth, re- that, <laughs> I didn't think of that. I think that is worth repeating. It's, it's really important to, uh, oh gosh, what did I say? <laughs> what does your partner need from you? <laughs> and right? what do you need from your partner? It yeah. goes both ways. You have to tell your partner and your partner needs to tell you so you can really be giving. So it's like, what do you need from each other during the weekday? Like, is it maybe it's not a whole lot. Maybe it's more like maybe it's a romantic evening. Maybe it's, you know, just going out to dinner and not having to cook. Maybe it's you each take a night cooking. Maybe it's I don't know what it is, like whatever it is that you are needing yeah. from your partner. It has to be a discussion and then it has to get put on the calendar like a schedule. When you are really, really busy, we are very busy. And I've noticed it's harder to connect during the week when our weekdays are getting. I mean, we're so busy. We're not just running this business. Like nobody knows, like we're flipping a house on the side. Like I am dealing with a dog who has wild allergies that like can only eat one thing and I have to supplement. So it's we're dealing with crazy things that just take up a lot and it's very, very time consuming. Yeah. So our weeks are really hard to connect during the week. But I think it's about being intentional about what each other needs. Like I know what CJ needs from me and I he knows what I need from him. And we try and meet each other as best as possible to do that. It's also, I think, finding ways to love one another in between times. So one of the things Mm -hmm. I love is that on almost every morning, right? I'll give you 99% on this, maybe 98.5. I come downstairs in the morning. I go to bed earlier, right? So I've been going to bed at like 830 at night because I get up so early. So I'll go to bed 830 or or I start getting ready for bed at 830. I'm usually in bed by nine. Um, I come downstairs in the morning and the kitchen is completely cleaned up. Right. And I love that disaster before he goes to bed. (laughs) I love it. And so then I make coffee and I set out the mugs. I set out the coffee and the creamer and I make it like look cute. Sometimes I'll like bring in a flower. I write a note or something like that. It's just like a sprinkling, just a sprinkling of love. Sometimes it's um, writing notes to one another. Sometimes, you know, we used to do that all the time. We'd hide notes for one another. So it would be like under your pillow, it would be in your lunch bag, it would be in your glove compartment, it would be with your keys or in your wallet. So you're not just counting on that time at night together, but it's this other thing. And then, you know, I think it's rigging the game to win, you know, to say, let's go out for a date. That's that can be like an arduous undertaking to get just out the door because we're exhausted. But if you say, do you want to just like, how about we get ice cream and sit on the porch? Let's just take a walk for 30 minutes or 20 minutes or something like that. Um, Some of our dates, some of our favorite dates are what? What do we do? It's like, I literally just sit on the stoop of summer special and eat like milkshakes and French fries. Milkshakes and French fries, right? It's like, it is and or just a trip to just walk around in Target and we like, I don't even have any money to buy anything at Target. It's literally just, it yeah. is sometimes just getting out of your rhythm and routine and just it's, oh, walk around Target and just window shopping and laughing and having a sweet treat or not having any food, like whatever you need, like it doesn't yeah. matter, but it's, it's really small things. And I agree as much as I am the mom who loves to do all the really big things and make all the little details and special. I don't, when it comes to yeah. you and I and the little things, and it's not because I don't want to put in the effort or you're not worth it, but it's like, no, we're tired already. It's the really small things that are just as Fact. big and meaningful and impactful. Yeah. And then I noting those helps. last thing is noting them. Right. When you're doing something special, when you're spending time together, it's going we're spending time together right now, Um, because otherwise, sometimes we don't we don't acknowledge those moments. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Marcel, is that how I say that name? Marcel. All right. Marcel's asking, what do you do if you work with a bad teacher? Many students are failing. He just assigns work rather than teaches and refuses to give paper copies or refuses to give paper copies and everything is online, which can be hard for kids. So this is a difficult one. And, and Marcel, in the past, I've had I've worked with a lot, a lot of folks like this. And the students come into your room and they're complaining and they're like, he sucks. And this is why the class sucks or she's horrible or they do this. And, and it's so it's like it is, I think, empowering students. Right. So I've had I had a student uh, one of my students uh Jordan, uh, a couple of years ago, had a really big issue with a teacher, um, got suspended 
for something that happened in in their class and he but he's like the kind of kid that like we were like what jordan got suspended what and come to find out like something happened in class it got blown out of proportion and then whatever things happened it is talking to students about what can they do right holding teachers accountable um writing emails to teachers instead of just so like one of the things i tell kids all the time is like write an email you're not trying to catch someone right but you're saying hey look i apologize for being late this is what i need from you or this this is what i'm noticing isn't in the grade book or this is the work or whatever it is and then when they write back you now have a written document with what someone said right which is Good for a couple of reasons. One, if someone's out of pocket, you got you have something you can take to the principal if you need to or show your parents. Um, the other thing is sometimes students don't hear. They think a teacher is being mean, but it's like the teacher told you this thing. Now it's in writing. Now you can process it at your own speed. It is, you know, one of the things we talk to our kids about is like if you have a teacher that is difficult, it's showing interest it's going in it's asking for help because that sets people that changes sometimes their mindset of who they think they're dealing with but um i I think teaching students to advocate for themselves to work together to and not to not we're not just trying to catch someone right we're not trying we're trying to help someone do a better job and sometimes that needs to be done by creating clarity by asking excuse me i'm just curious um, is first of all, is this a good time to ask a question like this? It has nothing to do with the lesson that we're working on. I'm just curious why we everything we do is just online. I'm just curious why, you know, like so many people are failing. And maybe could we look at that or have a discussion as a class as to like some ways that we could solve this? That's not what kids should have to do. But who cares? Right. Like it should be the adult. It should be the teacher that's handling. But but who cares? Because what you want, it's like, do you want to be right or do you want to win? Right. It's it's like it's so it's teaching students to advocate for themselves, to push the needle forward, to get what they want, get what they need, um, regardless of some of what someone there is, because you're and at some point in your life, you're going to work for a boss that sucks. You're going to have to engage with a with a coworker that's terrible. And so do you want to be right or do you want to win? That's what I ask kids all the time. And then I try and help them navigate those conversations and so what would you do for this so he he uh had another comment in here to someone marcel mm-hmm. said um one time the pre the teacher printed uh something specific for a student but only once and when the student asked again he refused like if that's the way that child learns best and needed that and he saw that and helped her out one time but now is refusing again like who helps with that? Is it the student that should go back to that teacher and say like, hey, this is really beneficial and helpful for me like this. Can I can you do this so, for me or I need it like this? Or could it be Marcel? Can he go? And this say, is going to depend on your school culture also, because if you're teaching at a school like mine in West Philadelphia, there's this there's a huge idea around like there's no snitching. Right. So you can't the kids would never go to an administrator, to the head of special education, to their parent to tell about something. Right. No, it's because just, they go to the teacher like that teacher. They would that's come what to I'm me, saying. Though, like, right. But they would usually come to me not in looking for an answer, but just to complain. And then I always go, well, what are we doing about it then? Like, I don't want to hear you. Who cares if you can complain about it? Like, let's have a conversation. What are we going to do to win? And so. For me, it was always who's trying to take your money, right? They're taking your grades, which means they're taking your opportunity, which means they're taking your money. Why are they trying to take your money? So, don't so let if take you were money. Marcel and not the teacher that's doing the offense, you would encourage the student to go speak to them. I, so I would do either. I would encourage the student to go and speak or I would encourage the student to go and speak to an administrator or someone in power and let them know what's happening that that like, look, I don't need this to come back to me. But I just need you to put you in the know of like, these are some of the things that are taking place. And we're not sure mm-hmm. Me, us, us as students aren't sure what to do. And 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 what you're doing in that moment is you're helping students to be leaders. You're helping them to stand up, not for this themselves and their own grades, but like sometimes kids won't do it if it's for them. But if you make it every, everyone's failing, then you need to rise up and be the one that's going to take control of the situation and do something. And then if that, you know, depending on where that lands, I would be the one that would go to administrator and just say, look, I'm not trying to get in trouble. Here's what I'm hearing from the students. And whether it's true or not, the students are believing that it's true. And we need to do some work 
around either helping that that educator or helping these students see something differently or or creating um, a space or a place that's safe where the kids and the teacher can meet together with like a with a mediator and have this conversation. All those things are good lessons for students. Yeah, absolutely. I those agree. are the soft skills. We I hate like to that talk they about. say that. I think they're the most important skills. Okay. Um, Steph is kind of piggybacking or asking yeah. uh, a little bit off of Marcel's question. She said to flip the script on Marcel's uh, question, how to deal with being the teacher that failed the most kids this quarter, the kids who lost electives for ac- academic support are all mine. Steph, I, this has happened to me too many times where they're like, yo, Reynolds, you know, we're the only class. You're the only class I failed. Um, and so I take a look at their grades and I say, well, let's see what that is about. Um, or I have to remind kids why I failed them. I'm not a fail- afraid, afraid to fail you. If you fail. So last year they moved, they moved grades. They started doing all this tricky stuff. That we 70 used to be the lowest grade you could get, right? And then uh, th- they changed it to 60, but they also changed that if a student had under a 55, you had to give them a 55, right? Which basically means that if a student, a student could get a 90 the first quarter of the year, do exactly zero work, get zeros for the next three quarters, and then we'd have to bump them to a 55, which means they fail with a with a passing grade for the year, right? Uh, they would have a 60 for the year, and so. I just refused to do that. And students would have a fit. I would never change grades. I told, And if someone changed my grade in the grade book, I would go back in the grade book and say, um, this grade was changed by the administration. The student's initial original grade was this in my class um, because it's a legal document. I want parents to know. So that's a whole nother thing. What I'm getting at is when students say, like, why don't you care if you fail students? And I tell them, I do care that you're failing. But well, I'm not a participation trophy kind of a, a teacher. I, I don't think you should pass ninth grade because you came to ninth grade, right? What we're he- doing here is we are trying to master subject matter and master skills that are going to help you in the future. And so, it, and that future might be next week, it might be next year, it might be in college. But if I don't hold you accountable, then I am just perpetuating the cycle of. Young people going to college, being ill prepared, something like like uh, I forget what the number I heard it yesterday. Some absurd number of students in America drop out of college. I want to say it's 48 percent, but I think it's much higher than that. Right. That's unbelievable. Out of college. Yeah. That That actually doesn't even surprise me that. So if we are if our school's mission, my school's mission was preparing students for college and beyond. I am preparing you. And so it's having those real conversations with your students to talk about why are you failing my class? And then not just failing them. What I want to do always is build a way out of of failing. So what can we do to help you get to a place where you're winning? Here's what you need. So you failed the first quarter with a 30. That means the next three quarters, you need this for a minimum to pass, but then, right? And I get this from my co-teacher, Missy. She's the one that pushed me on this. She goes, we need to help kids figure out what they need to get an A now in the class. Not just the pass, but what do you need to get an A? And then having, working through that with students all throughout the year is a number of ways to do that. But it's like, I think it's having that conversation and knowing knowing that, I'm, that students are failing my class because I'm not failing you, right? You handed in the work. I just graded it and inputted the stuff. Now, we can talk about what we could do to change the class. What we can do is talk about how to maybe help you to learn better. Can you change your seat? Do we need to look at work after class? Do we need to pare down the amount of work? Like, what do we need to do to work together to help you succeed? Um, that's important conversation as well. But I want students to be able to build a, a path out of that because um, they don't want you to fail. And I need to know this is the last thing that you failing my class has nothing. And this is a me, this is me work has nothing to do with my feelings about you. It is data. Are you doing it? Are you not doing it? That's what I need to be able to do. Are you mastering it? Are you not mastering it? Not you annoy me, not, Oh my gosh, am I going to have to tell you? I can't stand you because kids fail because they don't, they're unlikable. And that's, that shouldn't be kids should fail because they're not doing the work. They're not mastering the skill set. And and so, yeah. Man, I could talk tons about that. 
Ten it's like I have an old video about um, my point system that I don't even adhere to anymore because it, someone called me out on it. And they said, and I still left that video up because I think it's still useful for some folks for certain situations. But I think everything's useful for a season like or a transition or yeah. like a, a tool. But it's it, not the way. You're right. Maybe. But it's it's like straight shouldn't be based on behavior. They should be based on mastery. And so I think that that's 100 percent. I know. True. But when you've been conditioned for points in the world, in education, like that's why I say points all the time. It I doesn't know, really it mean works. anything. Just love, uh, just Catherine love. Moxley made a great comment saying kids also need to understand the teacher didn't fail them. They failed themselves when they did not accomplish it in the classroom standard. Yes. Or the classroom standard. OK, sorry. Um, actually, Moxley. I have so many comments in here. I don't have any more questions. We're caught up. That never happens. Catherine Moxley is the one you told me to read her. Yes, post, she has right? great posts in Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Um, no, and uh, in that's not Sunday. Oh, uh, in the Facebook our group. group. Holy smokes, too many things. Um, teacher Talk group. Uh, what do you want to talk about? You're that. you're all caught up on questions. <laughs> that never happens. You know, let me talk about this real quick. Here's a here's a good word. Um, word. Jeff Fox. I've been using this in my keynotes lately. Um, when I speak is this idea that Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian said, who's actually a way deeper dude than you ever would dream. If you've not gotten in, gotten in his stuff, he did a really great interview with Ed Milet, who's like one of my favorite podcasts, the Ed Milet podcast, uh, where he talked about everyone's life needs a few hold your nose and jump moments. Mm. And man, I <laughs> love that quote so much. I was thinking about it today because you know, who you're going to become, right? Like we're always becoming, we never get there. That's why life is always hard. But the problem is, is that we always, we knew things were going to be hard. We just didn't know what that hard felt like. And so to grow, you have to get into that place of uncomfortability. And I, I mean, I'm, I am swimming in uncomfortability now, like swimming. <laughs> I feel like it. we live there. <laughs> I live in sackcloth. Um, so it, but it is like, it is, trusting the process and knowing that like all right i don't know if this lesson's going to work i don't know if this student's going to do it i don't know if this this conversation's going to going to you know help but it's like holding your nose and jumping and trying it and then failing as fast as possible so that you can you yeah. can pivot all right well everybody's got a whole bunch of fun questions for you up here let's go do uh, it. popping up miss gonzalez this is a fun one what are you going to do for your birthday cj I don't know. What are we going to do for my birthday? I don't know. We thought about going on a trip, but we didn't want to do that right before the holiday the holidays, season. Yeah. Um, although we could often we could use a vacation. Around we haven't there. had a vacation in well, like a real vacation. We haven't. We keep trying to plan them, and they just keep in like six kind of years botched. But we're gonna get. We're gonna go somewhere at yeah. some point. Um, I don't know. What are we gonna do for your birthday? Probably low key, but yeah, I'm probably gonna make CJ a really awesome, delicious chocolate cake. That I can't eat nowadays because yeah. I'm gluten free. So that'll be fun. <laughs> my birthday is like is a trigger for me. It's like I get depressed on my birthday a lot of times. And so it's, it's hard. And so I try to so go, and like we don't need anything. Fun. We don't need anything. We don't need anything. And then when I'm just like not doing anything, I'm like, yo, this sucks. And I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know why it's so sad for me. That's probably something I should bring up in therapy. But um, <laughs> but like it is right. It's like a, it a is. moment I, where I'm just I, like your birthdays are always a struggle because you're like, I don't to do anything but then if we don't do anything you're like ah, i'm depressed and yeah. it's like oh gosh we should probably plan something out i always do i just plan a simple family birthday party just the four of us we keep it simple because it is a trigger for cj yeah not sure why but so it'll still be a great day you'll set up like a spa day or something like get a massage and do there like you a go. that's a great idea sensory deprivation float and stuff like do you want to do a yeah. massage a sensory we'll do them all yeah <laughs> just go on groupon let's see what they have and then okay. go skydiving Wait, can, do I get to go with you? All right, Sorry, let's ask her yeah, a new question. Um, let's see. Okay. I think Miss Gonzalez remember. Let me I just thank, thank you. Miss so Gonzalez sweet. too. I didn't text you back. Yesterday we did a workshop for the student engagement uh, 101 workshop. And we were oh. supposed to have a Q&A at the end of it. And none, I don't know what kind of glitch was happening. but I couldn't see any comments no like I normally comments. see right now on my And we waited backside. and I just thought like everyone was just taking notes or something like that. For whatever reason, they, they were there on. I couldn't like, see any the of them. Viewers could see them, but we couldn't see them. 
I so sat through the whole yeah. conference and was like waiting for so you're like gonna that you're going to get an email end. today. <laughs> there There's going to be two emails that go out today. One to the lesson planning workshop and one to the student engagement workshop. We're going to do follow-ups for both of those. And the student engagement folks are all going to get resources um, that I thought of like post the workshop because this is a new one for me. So um, you're going to get those as well. But like we're going to set that up uh, so, to make sure that people get the value that they were hoping to get. I know. Sharon anyway, Murphy, so I'm thank so you very sorry. Much. She said she loved it and the workshop was really great. And then I said, we had questions. I'm so I sorry. Know. It was a, a, a tech glitch. We could not see them. No, they just, po- it looked like there were no comments. No All right. Questions. Can you actually answer this question? Well, of course I can. <laughs> oh, I don't think I actually asked you. Okay. Noah's asking, have you ever used evidence-based grading system, also known as standards-based grading? No. Nope. Uh, it, and so, I, you know, Noah, I, I think... When thinking about grading systems in general, that is something that should really be thoughtful, thought about with regards to who you're teaching also. Um, so like our school tried to implement this thing last year. It was like mandatory number of like tests, quizzes, homework assignments and classwork assignments in class. And then they had percentage values, which meant that my students could never figure out why they were doing all the classwork, homework, um, participating in class. Then they got one bad grade on a test. And because that test was 35% of their grade, they just tanked all of a sudden. I can't stand that model for my students. That might work in some schools, but um, yeah, that's, man, that's, that's probably, that could be a really good like panel. I wasn't listening. Uh, like grading systems and what works best for oh, what yeah, students absolutely. and stuff. So, um, Stephanie is asking, are the Philadelphia Eagles going to go to the Super Bowl? No. The yes. The question is, are the Philadelphia Eagles ever going to lose again? Because no. we are 8-0. Oh. <laughs> and so folks were asking, like, why was it so exciting that the Phillies were in the, in the uh, World Series? In the World Series. And like, but no one was that bummed that they didn't win. Because we shouldn't have been there anyway. It was, right? it was so random that we made it to the World Series. And like, I remember I was like, we turned around. We were like, I remember that when we went, I was like, wait, I like, didn't oh, wait, pay attention the to the season because no. it, they were like yeah, tanking watched. so bad. Yeah, but we were. And sucked. then all of a sudden it was like they were just doing so great. Was I was so like, fun. remember thinking what yeah. happened? Um, yeah. yeah, it so could have been cool. what I love about this. Right. I grew up not playing sports. I played right field for so long and I used to stand in right field, collect the lines between my feet and jump in the air and pull them out of the ground. That's how little action I got in in, uh, in right field. But and so I loved music and not sports and not until the Eagles won the Super Bowl that I started even watching football. And then this last summer, for whatever weird reason, I started watching baseball totally randomly and uh, really enjoyed it. So the thing I love about it, though, is and the thing that's exciting that the Eagles are doing so well and that even if you're not in the sports, is it's worth kind of thinking about is because our students are so excited about it. And so when I didn't when I started watching football, I didn't know. I didn't know what that yellow line was. I didn't know like what a down was. Why do they call it a quarterback? Like, why is that guy have that name? Why is it a tight end? That sounds inappropriate. Like, so you're you're thinking about this stuff. And then I would go in and ask students and they would light up. Same thing that happened with video games and music and all kinds of other stuff. Yo, gang, real quick, before we even get started, I have a question for you. I'm watching football last night and they keep moving this yellow line. What in the hell is the yellow line for? Oh, Reynolds, that's how you know if you get a first down. What is a down? So they're like Reynolds. And I'm like, we only have five minutes to talk about this. And then what you're doing is putting students in a position of mastery. They are the teachers. You are now the student. And that is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your students. So that's one of the things I've loved about learning about football is because asking students about stuff. Philadelphia has just been on fire. Uh, the union, like right? Yeah. Philadelphia soccer, they won their whatever they win. Yeah. I think. Yeah. With but we're American. So we didn't really know that because no one watches soccer in America. I'm just did saying. I say soccer? Did I say football? No. I, did no. I did I say? I don't well, know. What I mean, I if you live in any other country in the well, world, I always football. get. I know it gets me all confused. Um, I, I say that knowing that like there's soccer fans out there, like we love soccer. I know. We had a lot of friends. I had a lot of Facebook friends that were like there oh, and pumped. Yeah. Which is I don't exciting. even know where that stadium is. Yeah, I don't either. All right, Laura is asking if you could travel anywhere, where would you go and why? <sighs> I think, where's that spot that we want to go to? Um, Bali mm-hmm. is is like a dream of ours. Mm-hmm. 
Baja, Mexico is a dream of mine. I want to go swimming with whale sharks and hammerhead sharks and eat tacos on the beach and surf. I just want to go to Mexico. Yeah. Um, and I would love as a teacher, my dream was always to take my students to, to anywhere in Africa. Africa wow. was such a transformative trip to us that I would love to give that gift to my kids. Yes. Um, to I will see. say that our kids really want to go to Japan. It's probably like a do. huge desire for them. That That's a bucket list for sure. I think I so do most of my students. I think they think Japan's like anime, though. <laughs> really? Like, I think they think that it's just going to be like anime madness over there. And it's like, no, it's just people, guys. But I will say that uh, Tim Ferriss says that Japan is the most like another planet of all the places he's traveled to in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just so culturally different and, and incredibly interesting. Yeah, um, that's why I would want to go. Vietnam's another one that I would love to go to. Yeah, there's and that's Anthony Bourdain said it's his favorite place in the world. Um, all right. Carol is up next asking, what do you do with a student that wants to eat a grenade and go to sleep? His words, third grade. So, Carol, this is there's a number of different things. I, you know, I've had students that have said things similar to this, and I, I, I am not a counselor. I am not trained to be a coach or or a mentor or anything. I'm in a program right now, but this is not like something I, I'm good at. I think kids say that kind of stuff to get a reaction, and so it's about getting to the root of it. So I would immediately go and tell. The school counselor, the therapist, the social worker, the principal, someone, you got to get that wheel, those wheels in motion so they can do the real deep work. I think the other thing is, um, is like the kids would say stuff like, um, like out of pocket and, and, and it's like, well, why would you do that? Like in my room, like, like you're just going to ruin my, you're going to ruin my whole life. Like, I, like, like I would make it, ab- I would make it about me, but in a way where like, I want kids to know that like you doing that would break my heart. Like, why would you want to do that? Mm. Then I'm, you know, and so it, it is having that sort of common conversation with kids and then loving on them. But sometimes that's it. That is a, that's a black hole of love, right? It is like you can't pour enough into some students because there's something else. There's another need that needs to be met, right? It's like pouring water into a vessel that has a hole in the bottom of it, right? You're never going to fill it up. The more you and furious you do it, it's just going to like, it eventually just leaks out. Anyway, you need to fix the hole. You need to fix the hole in someone's heart before you can go ahead and pour more into them. So it's about getting them in touch with the folks that need that and taking those things seriously. Like I have kids that say that stuff all the time. I've, I've like many, many students that are like, I just want to kill myself or I'm just like, I'm just going to walk in front of the train today. Uh, and I'm like, all right, so I heard it. You said it. I'm going to bring it to someone's attention. Um, and so that's how I go with those sorts of things. Um, are we still going? Did you want, do you want to yeah. keep going? Oh, what time is it? Oh, it's I didn't realize two. that we were on an hour. Yeah, do one more. Uh, Oh, shucks. Now I'm out of work. Where were we? Um, okay. Let's see. Sorry. <laughs> Take your time, wife. Uh, someone yeah, went to Sharon Murphy went to the NJEA com- uh, convention. She did uh, virtual workshops. She said it was pretty good. Not I've always wanted of- to go to that, but I've never worked in a public school. But what's my idea that I used to want to do at the NJEA? <laughs> CJ really wants that dream. NJEA. He wants to set up a Snoopy booth like that, like. Right, wasn't that Lucy Snoopy? had that Lucy. booth and it said oh, advice. Oh, where's Maisha? She would love cents, this comment. Right? Yeah. And I just want to have a booth that looks exactly like that. And it's advice, five cents. And it has like a little fishbowl or a can there. And I just want to sit there and I'll give teachers advice for five cents. I think it's good. I don't know if the NJEA would, would do that. No, they probably kick you out. No. Um, I know a lot of people that run that, though. They're awesome. So they, they might get down with it. <laughs> Let's see if we can make that happen. All right. Uh, Sharon Murphy is asking, what book did you never get to teach and wanted to? And was there ever a book that you hated teaching? Um, it's a great question. I hate I hated teaching Animal Farm. Uh, I love the messaging of it. There, I th- Well, I think you can, depending on how you go with it, right? Um, but it was just like the kids just kind of, they just, it was, it was too heavy for the kind of book like it seemed like it was. Uh, and I was supposed to write read The Twelve Tribes of Hattie, Haiti last year. Um, and, oh, man, I didn't do it. I just didn't do it. But because it was so heavy. It was like I, like, I think whoever came up with that idea was grossly 
overestimating my my students' abilities, right? So I'm teaching the kids that have like kindergarten and the second grade reading level and are in high school and have all the social emotional issues and like super duper IEPs and 504s and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, bro, this ain't the book for us. So um, a book that I always wanted to teach, you know, there were books that I don't, I don't think so. If I was going to teach, if I went and taught anything else, it would be probably something uh, by Jason Reynolds. Cause I think that that would really connect with my students so much, but you know, some of the books that I grew up with that really transformed my life were books that I don't know that like I would want to teach. Like I'm really like Walden is like one of the most transformative books I ever read when I was younger. Right. I haven't read it in years, but Henry David Thoreau's Walden changed my life. But I'm so glad I didn't have to read it in school. I would have hated it if I read it in school. Um, so there are books like that that like really meant a lot to me that I'm so thankful that I didn't have to read. And like anything by like Leo Tolstoy, I'm so glad I didn't have to read in high school because I would have hated it. But as an adult, I like loved those books. So and poetry, the same thing. I'm glad that I never had to take a poetry class in my life because it would have ruined poetry for me. And I love poetry. But if I had to read Walt Whitman in high school, I would have wanted to like. I don't know. Go home and never come back. We're good. Cool. All right, gang. Um, I don't have anything else to say. We are all caught up. Uh, <laughs> if there's anything you need from us, um, let me ask you this question. We are in a season. This is a real question, and I'd love to know people's uh, thoughts on it. We're in a season where we are currently secretly somewhat, because I don't want the cat out of the bag yet, even though that's a weird term and the cat shouldn't be in a bag anyway. It's horrible. But I just want to say are, all those little terms are so weird. Yeah, they always really catch me. I don't know why I share my <laughs> thoughts and feelings about them. But what we're trying to do is build something for educators. And we have a lot of things that are in the works, but it just takes time, right? We have to find the right team. We have to find the right people. We have to figure build out how to the be able thing, to do it. It yeah. doesn't exist. We have to we're building get it. the money to be able to build the thing and put it into it. Is there anything that you think you see the work we do, you watch the videos, you've participated in workshops, or you maybe you've seen me speak at your school or whatever. Um, is there more we could do that would be helpful? Or is there something we're already doing that you'd need more of? I'd love to know because what we want to do is meet your needs. I don't want to dream up anything. I want to hear a need and then I'll dream up how I'm going to do it. But like, what is something that is needed in education in your school, in your life? that you think that our team at Real Rap with Reynolds could help with. Um, and so that that's what I would love if you left that in the comment section. Yeah, or send us an email if you have like a little mini manifesto. I mean, you can, <laughs> you, can. you can reach us right at realrapwithreynolds.com. You go to the contact thing. All that does is just when you do that on people's stuff, like it just sends an email to their account. But it's easier than saying like realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com, um, which is the longest email address I could have ever picked in our lives. Cool. Anything else, wife? No, you guys protect your peace and have a great week, man. That's what I'm talking about. That's a that's a that's a word right there. Oh, is that my Gen I one liner? Yeah. <laughs> cool. There you go. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace. Peace.